You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, welcome in. Winning cures everything. Today is Thursday, April the 2nd. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And I'm Matt. (laughs) You can find (laughs) us online, winningcureseverything.com. All of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We are on Twitch as of today. Uh, this is just my personal Twitch account. It's the Gary WCE account. We will see how this works, if anybody even watches or what it I don't know what it's going to look like, so we're just going to try it. But we're on Twitch at least for today, uh, at least for the next week or so, and then we will we may stop. We, I don't know. It, I'm, I'm down to try out anything. But we're on YouTube. We're on Periscope. We're on Facebook. Uh, you can get us on any of your favorite podcast apps, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, uh, Overcast, whatever it is. Whatever your podcast app of choice is, we are right there. Go and look for Winning Cures Everything. If you're listening to this already, uh, then you know how to subscribe, and you need to do that. You need to share it out with your buddies if you appreciate it, if you enjoy it. Today on the show, let me go through this full list of professional accolades. We have Matt Huey. The orthopedic physical therapist, diplomat in mechanical diagnosis and therapy, and fellow of the AAOMPT. You can find him on Instagram. This is a long one. Matt underscore PT underscore DIP underscore MDT. Is that right? That's it. All right. We nailed it. He was also drummer of one of the coolest (laughs) high school bands I remember being around. Yeah, we played on the offensive line together back in the day. There you go. That's right. <laughs> so uh, a lot has changed since then. Matt's gotten a lot smaller. <laughs> I did not. I went the other way on that. <laughs> Huey, Huey has been one of our best friends for uh, obviously as long as we can remember. He lived down the street for me when I first moved to Olive Branch, Mississippi, back in eighty-five, eighty, oh, no, eighty-six. 87, something, I don't know when it went up. Way, way, way It was a then. long time ago. So, it, we, we met when we were, what, like five? Something like that. Yeah, we've been best friends basically since kindergarten, first grade. So, which is about the same time that Chris and I became friends. So, it worked Second out. grade is when I moved to Olive Branch and met these two. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, yeah, it's been a long time. We'll say that. <laughs> Huey has moved all over creation. I moved all over DeSoto County. 
<laughs> including a brief stint in Memphis for a little bit and then came back. Uh, but yeah, uh, he's been everywhere. I have visited everywhere. Uh, you, we're not going to talk about where you live right now. I'm not going to get into that. We ain't got to, because it'll probably change again next week. So I'm not getting yeah, into that whole business. Know. <laughs> but, uh, but as it stands, you are an orthopedic physical therapist. You yep. have a lot of knowledge as far as, you know, injuries or how to rehab people, how to all this different kind of stuff. And all of that ties into sports. So oh, yeah. there's a lot of different questions that we've got. And there's really, and really we're going to go over four main things today, but there are tons of questions just off of those. So let's go ahead and we'll start with one right now. Um, the big thing on everybody's mind is when is sports going to start back, right? And you've got MLB that is supposed to start, you know, it, it should have started a week ago. You've got NBA, which was already mid-season, and they just stopped it. And we want to know, are we going to get the playoffs back? Are we going to get anything back? Golf is coming back. Uh, football is supposed to start in late August. Go ahead and tell us, you know, my, my thought process is you can't immediately bring these sports back. There's, there's a period beforehand where everybody has to get ready to come back. Why can't these teams immediately start playing whenever they're given a date? So the thing that happened is the person's tissue has to accommodate to the speed of the game because as you go up higher and higher levels, that speed is one big thing. Guys that play high school football, the, the, the pros will tell you speed is the big thing. So if you take – and this is pretty common when guys will do a holdouts for training camp or they come back from an injury and they miss training camp and then they try to jump back to the game speed their tissue has not been put under a proper amount of load to handle that amount of force on it. So guys that like pop Achilles um, or tear their ACL. And so they weren't, they weren't training enough in the off season at the same speed, not going with the same amount of frequency. Uh, and then when they jump back to try and do that, those injuries come up. So, so it's not just that, they're not going to be as good right when they come back. It is more mm -hmm. so uh, there's a really significant risk for injury at that point, right? Yeah. So the two you know, ACL tears and football Achilles tears uh, are usually the two biggest things that you'll see. I think it happened during the NFL lockout. A lot of guys come back, pretty big incident of ACL tears. So, and it was so just, is that why conditioning is so important? Like, it's, it, obviously, strength training is one thing. You can still do yeah. a lot of the strength stuff, you know, at home if you've got a, a workout area, et cetera. Uh, I know that you've got a, a home gym built. Um, you can do, the, like, some of the strength stuff. Conditioning yeah. is a little different game, right? Yeah. So, you know, you can lift weights all day long, but if you're used to, if you're not used to running and competing for, 40 minutes, 60 minutes at a time, you're just going to be gassed on it. Because, you know, you tell teams early, early on in the season that they're not used to playing for that long. And, and you know, mentally you're going through that for 60 minutes out in the football field or even, you know, just 60 minutes on the time, but you're usually out there for three hours. So they're just not used to it. So, yeah, so if, if you're not properly loading it and getting your body used to it and then also getting that amount of rest, because then, you know, when you get into season, you've got a game of football, for example. You've got a game every week. So you've got 
six days to try to recover and then go right back out there and play again. And you're going to break down and then you got another six days to recover. And that's not even throwing in a Monday night game, a Thursday night game. And that's um, almost impossible. Like that's impossible to recover from, right? At least that quickly. Oh, Oh yeah. That's what they, that's what they complain about. They're like, you know, if we get a Thursday night game that they get a longer rest, if they play the next Sunday. So now they've got a longer rest, but if then they have, they have a Sunday night game and then a Thursday night game, it's like, we only got three days to prepare. It's impossible. Yeah. Chris, were you wanting to jump in there? I saw you. Well, yeah, he was talking about Achilles and, 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 and ACLs. Those are, those are serious, sometimes career ending, used to be career ending, but definitely season ending injuries. Um, what I always remember is whenever receivers or running backs or DBs, a, a position of skill that uses a lot of athleticism, like has a holdout for a long period of time. Every time when they come back, it's almost a guarantee within two, three weeks they're pulling a hamstring. And it's, it's soft tissue is what um, is what I've kind of always thought that that was the more susceptible stuff because there's no real amount of practicing to get you for game speed. Oh, yeah. And you got to think, I mean, these guys, they're, probably, they're not practicing with the team. So you're not practicing with NFL quality guys many times. You know, oh, I'm just going to do some sprints. And, I'm, and it's like, you may not be training at that high, high, high level. So, yeah, you go back out there and whoop, tore, you know, pulled hamstring, and, well, that's going to set you back a few weeks. And then nag the rest of the season. Yeah. <laughs> that's- and, and then that, that's the thing with the rehab on that is that this is the thing. I haven't dealt with many professional athletes in the past. I've met some of them. I've dealt with them on a hand, just a handful of times. Sometimes they're prima donnas. And <laughs> – no, it, no, no. Oh, and it comes to the rehab, and they're like, yeah, I'll be here at 6 in the morning. And you're right there waiting for them, and they don't show up till noon. And they're like, yeah, I just don't want to come in. It's like, all right, well, you need to do X, Y, Z. I'm not doing that. That's it. It's like, it's impossible you know, I'm the recover. expert in this, yeah. 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 And, 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 they're like, and they're like, nah, whatever. <laughs> but, then, but then you have a guy, another guy that it's like, no, no, no. I'm putting the work in. I'm respecting what you do, and I want to get better. So it, it kind of just it falls all over the place. The the one guy that seemed to blow all of the statistics out of the water of what we knew about ACL injuries was Adrian Peterson, and okay. he he's the first guy that came back after like I don't know six months, four months. I mean, it wasn't long at all. He blew it in, in December, and he played in September opening day week one. Yeah, he him was a he, beast. He is a genetic abnormality, yes. and I hate it when people started talking about he's going to set the he's going to set the standard. That, that's the new standard. He he's like here, like mm-hmm. like nobody can do that. And it's like you can't and you can't rush that. You can't rush the tendon healing or the ligament healing. You can't rush it. He, he, I got to go down to that clinic. And um, interesting thing, so they have some, like, different machines that you can score on. Mm-hmm. He had the highest score on all these machines. That didn't surprise me. That I was just like, me. and I was just, I was like, really? Adrian Biggs, yeah, he was every one of these machines. Yeah. And, I mean, he had guys in there that were weightlifters that were, like, lower down the list. Of course, offensive line, they're, like, big, strong guys. It's like Adrian Peterson was demonstrate more power out of all of them. So, so, uh, all right, so let's let's kind of move into – Chris, do you want to go on and talk about uh, baseball stuff, or, or do we want to talk NFL right now? 
I mean, it doesn't matter to me. Well, we can go wherever you want to go. But at some point in time, I, we've talked on this show, you and I, who are not medical professionals, but we just kind of think through things and listen to other people. Um, we've talked about pitching a lot. And let's, and let's how, go on and jump into that, and then we'll the, we'll we'll move to the uh, to the NFL stuff, you know, about yeah. specific players and whatnot. Uh, but let's let's talk about Major League Baseball. Chris, go on and uh, and ask, you know, exactly. So what, I've been uh, what your I've been bringing is. this up a lot because it's something that bothers me. I don't think pitchers are learning to pitch anymore. I just think that they are learning to throw really, really hard, and it's something that I, I know high school kids are getting Tommy John surgery all the time because they think go ahead and get it over with and I won't have to deal with it later. I, I don't, I don't understand any of this is way outside of my realm of expertise, but none of it sounds right. And I know the scariest picture I, re, I can remember ever looking at or watching outside of like Pedro and Nolan was Greg Maddox. And he just made a ball dance. He just seemed to be magic. Yeah, that was a thing that came up many years ago on the Tommy John surgery, and these parents were going to surgeons with their 13, 14, 15-year-old kid, perfectly fine elbow. Kid had no pain, no problem. They're like, hey, we want the Tommy John to tighten up that elbow. And Dr. James Andrews, the man who was the pioneer of sports medicine, said himself, Surgically repaired tissue is not as strong as natural tissue. And he says, if he goes, if I got a parent sitting in my waiting room or in my office and they're talking about, he said, no, I'm not doing it. And it's a misconception is that they think, oh, it's the Tommy John that does it. It's the year off that these kids spend after it. They're working on their strength. They're working on their mechanics. They're correcting any weaknesses in there. And they're going to come back, and they're going to throw better. And it's like they're like, "Oh, it's the surgery." It's like, no, it was the recovery part of so, it. And so, if you just took a, week, a year off of playing baseball and just practiced for a year on on little things, micro things, you would be a substantially better pitcher the the next year after that. I believe that would. I mean, you're not getting the wear and tear on your arm. Yeah, from it, you can work on like a lot of shoulder blade strength is a big thing. A lot of that shoulder blade strength. And then, like, the pro level, you've had a year that you haven't seen this guy. So, it's like we haven't had any film to study on him. He can come up with new pitches and new, you know, uh, new approaches. So, it's like it, it's totally new. It's like when a, new, when a rookie quarterback comes in the NFL and everyone is like, oh, we, we can't contain him. And the next year he gets crushed because it's like, well, we figured out what to do with him. Right. So, it's, it's, it's those old it. things. Uh, Terry jumped in on uh, on Facebook. He said, First off, uh, I can't believe you'd put this commie on. Uh, oh, and, yeah. And then second, he said, the only pitcher close to that now is Kyle Hendricks. He pitches around 88 miles per hour but uses the location to get strikes. Uh, yep. It's it's completely different nowadays as opposed to what it was when we were younger, like you were talking about, Chris. Uh, I mean, there, is, there are college scouts that I've heard on, like, Dan Patrick's show come on, or, or not college scouts, MLB scouts, that, that have said, if I was scouting Greg Maddox as a college player, there's no he would not have gotten drafted. Not one of the 30 organizations would have taken him and given him a chance because he doesn't throw hard enough. I mean, if he, I mean, guys, when you put that radar gun up. That's, that's it. That's they, a, they, they got one tool they use. They have one tool they use, and that's the only tool they care about. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, God's so it's terrible. Like, yeah. And it's that, but it's going to put more people in the seats when you got a guy like, hey, this guy's going 100, he could throw 103 miles an hour. It's, it's awesome. not like, you know, this guy has a really, you know, a wicked change up or a knuckleball. Or, okay. Knuckleball's kind of cool, though. <laughs> knuckleballs are kind of cool. Worst thing in the world trying to hit, but they're pretty cool to see. But it's, it's like, yeah, when you're trying to paint that, yeah, I like to play that small. I don't like, to, I don't like that. People don't like yeah. that. Too bad he only pitched, I don't know, 10 games a season because he spends half the time rehabbing. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the crazy thing about it is, that, you know, how early is too early to start kids on learning how to how to move the ball as opposed to just throwing hard, you know? Yeah. They do have programs and certain good little league programs won't allow certain pitches um, before a certain age. Yeah. Um, so I can't be quoted when and where. But like curves can't be thrown around um, thirteen or fourteen years old. Um, they'll count the number of curveballs that can be thrown, sliders. But usually, like the fastball and the changeup are perfectly fine. You're not putting that that spin on your elbow. But then the other issue with the young kids is that you don't have pitching coaches. You just get somebody's you know dad, dad or their brother or somebody. Well, they played baseball in high school and they're teaching. They're teaching them how to throw, and they're not looking at, you know, this kid is just whipping with his elbow. Um, and, then, you know, unfortunately, these coaches, they just want to win. It's like, who cares if your kid went, you know, had a 10-0 pitching season for the, you know, like the Lala Branch, you know, 10-year-old there? Like, who cares? It's like, it's rather, you know, this kid has longevity and can go to high school and then go to college and then make it through the minor leagues. Like don't throw out their arms. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for four 99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi or seven up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, so that that makes me, by the way, I apologize for the dogs going absolutely bonkers <laughs> because the Amazon guy decided to show up right when, uh, right when Huey was talking, but... This this does want to get me into, you know, you bring up the elbow, you bring up the twist. Um, I I want to get into some of these NFL guys. So since you brought up the elbow, let's talk about Ben Roethlisberger. There was no real information about, you know, Roethlisberger and what actually was going on with his elbow. You know, you're looking at it from a different situation, like a, a, a different. Um, uh, what's the word, perspective, than mm-hmm. just a regular fan. You know, we see that he's out there throwing the football, and then all of a sudden he can't go back on the field. It looked like he was throwing fine. He was just, you know, rubbing his elbow when he got done, and then he couldn't come back out in, in week two. Um, what, You know, is that something that is easy to come back from, or what What How could we he, expect from, from Roethlisberger? You, you got to refresh me on that. Did he hit it? No, nope. he didn't hit it. It was it was nope. just a and see that's the thing. They then they haven't given out any kind of information regarding what exactly if he tore anything or what was actually bothering him. 
They said back in December that there was a chance that he might not be able to play football again. And then all of a sudden you get to March and, oh, he feels younger. He's throwing the football better than he's ever thrown it. Uh, They just said that it was surgically repaired, but they didn't say it was Tommy John or anything like that. How could you throw a football or, or in... How could you uh, how could you injure your elbow throwing a football? Talk me through that. Is there a way to do that? So, football is the it was it's the thing. It's funny. People think that pitchers could be quarterbacks. Typically, you know, you look at high school. The high school pitcher is the quarterback. But the yeah, mechanics, yeah, the mechanics on them are completely different. So baseball, you can it's you can use a little bit more of your elbow. Football mechanics are a little bit different, so they actually don't deal with a whole lot of elbow issues. Yeah, it's all uh, on the shoulder. Yeah, is it? Yeah, a lot of the shoulder, and they're getting there, and you're not, you know, where you throwing like thirty passes a game. Really? I mean, so some, you mean you're, you're, some get on up there, but yeah, yeah, 30. I mean, yeah, thirty to fifty passes but a game. How, and, how and many? How many, Gary? How many of the passes are little dump screen passes that yeah. you didn't really? Yeah, throw that's a good point. Ball? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're really. I just, mean, at least at least seven of those thirty passes, or if you're one of these crazy offenses that throws it fifty times, twelve of them are dump passes that the ball went less than seven yards. True, and not hard. Yeah, yeah. If anything, what it may sound like, he may have like torn some of the uh, bone off. Like some of those things that get like that, you can get where the ligament will pull part of the bone off, and then that's pretty painful, and they have to like drill that and uh, screw that back in. Uh, that's not super common. It happens a lot in the shoulder with, uh, I think, no, Brett Favre didn't have that. He tore it by September. Um, but a lot of times those guys, like, they'll rip things off in their shoulder. And you have to, you know, they pull the bone off and they've got a or a chunk of the bone. They got to reattach that back up. So anything okay. really surgically repaired in there, it doesn't sound like Tommy John because he'd have that big nasty scar everyone would see. Yeah. So if anything, he, he may have just pulled – pulled the bone off, and they just put it back on. That is absolutely crazy. All right, there's there's two other NFL guys, one that is coming into the league. Uh, we'll worry about him in a minute. One has been there for quite some time. He was the MVP in 2015, Cam Newton. Everybody wants to know where he's going to go. Uh, everybody wants to know if he's healthy. You know, they say when Carolina cut him that he passed a physical um, – I don't know what that necessarily means because it's, you know, team doctors and they wanted him to pass the physical, right? So you can't cut a guy that's injured and Cam obviously wanted to pass it because he wants to show everybody that he's healthy. He had a shoulder injury the year before and then he had a Liz Frank injury this year. Those two injuries, when he came back from the shoulder injury, he looked like hot garbage in the two games that he played for Carolina this past year. And then the Liz Frank thing, you know, that's just kind of a, a lingering issue. Which one is more difficult to come back from? Can he come back at all uh, with his body type? I mean, he's what six foot five, you know, two hundred forty yeah, pounds. A big guy. Yeah, he's he looks like a beast, right? And his workout videos look like he is gigantic and ripped, and and looks like he's in shape and ready to go. But that doesn't necessarily show you anything about his shoulder or uh, or his foot. Uh, those two kind of injuries. Can a quarterback come back from that, you know, at age 31? It, what what should we expect from somebody like Cam Newton coming into this season? It's kind of funny to think a guy's old at 31. I know, right? That's, especially when Tom Brady's playing forever, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, foot injuries get pretty hard, 
especially guys that are on their feet like that, basketball players, anytime that they have a knee or a foot injury, they they just don't look good for a year. When you're big right. and long, it's yeah. tough. Yeah, it's your foundation. And you're, and you're beating it. And yeah, I think not only is he beating it up in the game, he's got practice during the week. He has to walk on it. So this thing is constantly getting beat up on. And there could be even be an aspect to it where it's like the tissue has healed. Like his tissue is healed. The, the fracture has healed. Everything looks good. But his brain can be interpreting a pain signal. And the brain is saying, this hurts, this hurts, this hurts. And so then that affects you and you're not, you can't plan as hard. You can't push off as hard. Um, and then psychologically too, you think somebody's coming at me. Oh my gosh, I can hurt my foot. And then we'll go down. Is that so, kind of like when Kawhi Leonard was with the uh, the Spurs and, and he, like they cleared him medically, but he was refusing to play because he didn't feel right. Is that the kind of thing that we're talking? Yeah. Okay, so like those, you, the, you sense it differently. Those guys, like, like okay, like in the in the Olympics with that stupid cupping thing that all the swimmers had on there. Yeah. Like, I hate that, and I hope you get like a lot of hate mail coming in <laughs> because I absolutely <laughs> hate cupping. I think it's stupid, but these guys are at such a high high level that sometimes you just got to give them little things that that. They, that they're between their ears are going to say, this is going to make me better. So if he didn't feel like I could be a hundred percent on the court, we're going back out there. And so it's like, well, everything's good there, but he doesn't psychologically feel it. No, it, and it's best that, so if he doesn't feel like I can go out there and play my best, I'm, you know, you're in my mind, you're in my head or this injuries in my head, they're, they're going to be off. Okay, so that that might explain a little bit of Cam Newton. Let's let's move forward to the NFL draft a bit. Um, Tua Tagovailoa, Alabama quarterback, was widely expected to be the number one pick this year. Uh, Joe Burrow came in and blew everybody's socks off. Tua goes down against Mississippi State. He's got the uh, the hip injury. Um, yeah, hold on. Joseph Gomez jumps in and said, "Look at who's taking over SBR. They're not ready for all this heat." So- <laughs> Yeah, Chris and I both have been on Sportsbook Review this week. Uh, we will continue to be on their roundtable. Uh, we appreciate anybody that wants to check that out. But back to Tua, you know, he he had the, what is it, a hip displacement and then a, a wall something fracture, uh, and now he's already back moving. Like, maybe you know more about this uh, this hip injury than I do. He's already back. You know, he's showing videos and all this. I don't feel like it's as easy as... Hey, I'm going to be back. I'm ready to play. He he just said today to ESPN that he's not ruling out actually being able to play day one in the NFL if that's what his team needs him to do. Is that even possible at this point? Hips are very strong. Like it it is when he injured it. That was like just the perfect angle that he landed and that play hit on just to, to do the and they're extremely painful. Like when he was crying out there, like that hurts. <laughs> it makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah. So it, again, the thing of coming back, they said the, yeah, the, if you shift that thing around in there, it's very painful. But I mean, if they, I don't, I didn't read exactly what they did. Um, but 
he's a pretty mobile quarterback. Just kind of curious on how that's going to affect his mobility. Because there's one thing if you're running a ladder drill you know, at the combine. But when you've got guys coming at you, you've got to start changing directions really quick. What's that going to do? And then if he plays five games or so, what's that accumulative buildup? You know, he's getting hit game one, game two, game three. Hit, 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 hit. What's that going to do at game four or five when he hasn't had but just that, again, that six days of recovery? And it's like, man, I got to get back out there. And then it's just going to beat me up again. So I think – I think he wants to make sure his draft status didn't drop. Uh, well, for sure. <laughs> I mean, that's that's where the money is, right? Um, yeah. The other part of this is he's obviously dealt with injuries before. Uh, he has had a high ankle sprain on uh, on both ankles. And, you know, you were talking about Dr. James Andrews before. That tightrope surgery, which you and I have discussed uh, through text in the past, uh, it is built or, or set up so that they don't have these same issues going forward. So if you have a weak ankle to begin with, this tightrope is supposed to make it where you're not really going to get those going forward. Do you know anything more about these tightrope surgeries? I just read a little bit about it. So, And I talked to some other colleagues about it, and uh, we were just kind of exchanging back and forth. And one guy started laughing because he's like, oh, they said the, the recovery is six to eight weeks. He goes, that's the normal recovery for a high ankle sprain anyway. So one thing that happens is when you put an artificial support in there like that, because I think they went in there and they put like a screw or they ran some wiring between it. Yeah, it's uh, it's like high micro – it's not microfiber. Yeah, it's it's round between it. Is that now if he gets that ankle caught, that force has to go somewhere else. So if his ankle is now – yeah, so now he could either – you know it's going to travel up to the knee – because that's a very weak joint compared to the ankle or the hip. It's going to travel up to the knee or it's going to stay that force right there in the tip field on it. So that kind of gets a little hard when I was like, okay, now we made these two things that are supposed to move. Now maybe the thing has some gift. Maybe it's actually like it's supposed to flex a little bit. I think that's um, why that like, wiring is in there. Yeah. yeah. It's it, so because if, it, it's not just a screw. It's, it's a wire that actually has a little bit of give, but yeah. I mean, this it's crazy to me. Oh, uh, it yeah. just looks it, insane. It's becoming, yeah, because I mean, like, I'm watching guys get high ankle sprains, and it was like, God, they were just done for the season. Like, they couldn't, uh, um, Prescott. Yeah. I think he had one. He he just wasn't the same. He wasn't running as hard. He, he was yeah, going recovery, down a lot sooner. So. Yeah, the recovery was always four to six weeks, you know, yeah. from a high ankle sprain. So when a guy got one of those, it was, okay, if you're, you know, into October for college football, well, they're done until the bowl game. You know, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, Joseph Gomez jumps in on YouTube. He said, do teams draft so many quarterbacks because they're scared they miss on the next Aaron Rodgers, or do they really listen to their scouts regarding guys like Manziel, Mitch the Biscuit, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, not fully what we're talking about, Chris. Like, Can you answer that at all very quickly? Well, yeah, I, yeah, I think I think there's always some scout that's trying to sell somebody something. And if he's the guy that finds the next Aaron Rodgers, then he's got a job for life and, and he can set himself up for retirement. And you just keep biting that apple until you get that, that star. And, you know, it just happens. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, uh, Huey, we've already kept you for 30 minutes here. Um, 
I guess, Chris, do you have anything that you want to close out with, or or do you want me to knock one last one out? No, we're good. I mean, I don't have anything else. All right. Huey, you mm-hmm. know a little bit about this. I know that uh, that you are staying well in shape. Uh, you are running all the time. As I see your, your home workouts and whatnot. You've told me about how you've set up your home gym. <laughs> we're all quarantined. We're all stuck at home. I can't go to the gym anymore. Uh, tell me, for beginners... What is what is the easiest way, the best way to exercise and stay healthy while we are at home? Tough question, I know. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a lot to it. So, <laughs> it. It's interesting, and I, it always kind of drives me nuts when something, you know, somebody goes to the doctor and they're like, oh, you're overweight and you need to start, you need, you need to start exercising. It's like, oh, swimming is really good because it's low on impact. But it's like, well, I don't have anywhere to go swim. Yeah. Or it's like, we'll go run. It's like, well, I weigh 350 pounds. It's going to hurt my knees. I mean, like, I don't even know how to run. So typically tell people, like, it's whatever that you enjoy th- th- to do that. And then that you can find that you can fit your schedule. So if, if you just like, I think I'm going to start swimming, but you know, well, the nearest pool's 20 miles away and then I got to get off work and I got to get there and do it. More reasons to not do it. Right. But things like I tell people, you want to have a cardiovascular aspect of, of what you do. Uh, so at least you're spending 20 to 30 minutes a day, getting your heart rate about 60% of its heart rate of your max. Um, and there's formulas online. You can figure that out. So it's usually 220 minus your age and then take that times 0.6. And that gives you about the 60%. Um, you can do the long duration. So like, hey, I'm going to go for a, a pretty quick little jog where it's, and I tell people also if you run or if you can just walk fast, you want to get where you're almost having trouble breathing. So easy way to tell if you have somebody with you or like recite a poem or a speech or the Pledge of Allegiance or something, then you, should be, you shouldn't be where you're like, <laughs> <laughs> so that so that gets the cardiovascular, and then you know just trying to get out now to start body weight is a good thing to do. Body weight is actually pretty uh, body weight actually pretty hard to teach. A lot of people, even these big strong you know, power lifters and strong men, and, and even athletes, you got poor body control. Uh, I used to talk to a friend of mine about he wanted to train offensive linemen about being functionally strong. He's like, if you weigh 300 pounds, you should be ca- able to carry 300 pounds, uh, you know, 100 yards, that you are functionally strong. So, and that exposes any kind of tightness that's in you. So if you're trying to do a squat and your ankles are super tight, you may be coming up on your toes more, you can't get low enough. But if you work, we're like, okay, I'm going to get down and learn how to do a squat, um, which I work with like a lot of my older patients. Just you have to be able to get up and down off of stuff. Like that's good. Uh, stepping up and down stairs, that's good. Lunging is great for body, for upper body pull ups, push ups. It's great to do. If you get into that routine, that's the big thing. So you can come up with some of these main big movers to do. So that's why I like push ups, pull ups, squats that use multiple muscle groups are great to do. If you're a bodybuilder, you want those isolations. Um, but once you kind of get a good grasp on that, there's other things you can pick up, like all the barbells and stuff I have, found them online. Uh, sandbags are another great thing to do. You can get chains, rocks, kettlebells. Like 
Oh, yeah, I just grabbed my kettlebell and I just went for a walk down the street and everyone's looking at me kind of weird because I'm walking with this big heavy kettlebell <laughs> and throw it in the other hand and just walk back. And I got a, and then I got a sandbag and I'm carrying this big like 75 pound sandbag just like walking down the road with the dog and people are just looking at me and I'm like, oh, what's up? That's uh, my uh, my buddy Brad Blackwood that uh, that runs Euphonic Mastering. He was on the the practice squad for the '92 national championship team at Alabama. He uh, he goes rucking, so he puts like yes. he puts like forty fifty pounds in a backpack and then walks like ten miles, and then comes back. And oh. he, he said it's the best that he has lost so much weight. He looks fantastic, but it, that's all he does. Rucking is his thing. Yeah, that that is per- to put that much weight on you and to carry people don't realize like you put that weight on one if you ruck you got to distribute it properly yeah or it hurts but you put that on you and you mean you walk a quarter mile and you're like oh (laughs) this is pretty hard (laughs) this is the uh the deontay wilder thing that he was claiming right that uh that suit that weighed 45 pounds yeah and he was walking to the ring you said his legs were gone yeah (laughs) it's it's stuff like that weighted vest and all that oh man all right, all right. I love it, dude. Thank you so much for coming on with us. We uh, we're oh. gonna go ahead and, and hop out of here. We'll uh, we'll have you back in once we get the season rolling back up, and uh, and maybe before that, because you know we're gonna oh. be looking for content, and you have answered a ton of questions today. So we're we're running right up on our our time limit, and I don't want us to just get cut off. But uh, but yeah, thank you so much. You guys can find him. He is yeah, an man. orthopedic <laughs> physical therapist. He's on Instagram at Matt underscore PT underscore dip underscore mdt uh thank you so much buddy <laughs> yeah man my pleasure absolutely chris anything that we need to hit before we hop out of here no i'm good i'm good he made me feel terrible about myself and, and how fat i am <laughs> what i'm doing while quarantined right now currently is i have a couple of slabs of ribs and uh pork shoulder smoking so uh, uh yeah. oh man this is I, mine. I miss some barbecue right now so if you walk a lot you can walk your ass all the way over here and you can have I about to say, yeah get some, get some good barbecue it's a walk all the way to the grill that's what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> all right we are going to get out of here you guys know where to find us winning cures everything.com uh go give our buddies down in tunica a visit tunicatravel.com um we are we have no idea when they're going to open again, but they will be open eventually. Tunica Travel, check them out. Uh, winningcureseverything.com. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, all of your favorite podcast apps. Make sure you subscribe, leave a nice review, leave some comments. We appreciate everybody that jumped in the live chat today, and we appreciate Matt Huey for jumping in with us. Uh, until tomorrow, y'all have a good evening. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.